All right, welcome back to another episode of the California Underground. I'm here with Assemblyman Kevin Kiley, who is running for the recall as governor. Uh, just announced recently, so Kevin uh, needs no introduction. If you're a fan of California politics, you know exactly what he's been up to. Uh, Mr. Kiley, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for being on. So first question I'd like to jump into right away is a fellow attorney. Uh, the lawsuit that hopefully goes to the Supreme Court. I'd like your opinion on the arguments as to how big of a win it would be for California if your arguments win at the California Supreme Court, what kind of precedent that would set, um, and if you could touch upon what they are specifically for the listeners. Well, I'm glad you asked that because it's a vitally important precedent for uh, our future to make sure that one-man rule never happens again. You know, we have been living through in this last almost year and a half something that our founders, you know, would have found to be crazy. Uh, the idea that a single person uh, can take all powers of the state into his own hands and then use them to regulate people's lives in the most, you know, intimate of ways. It's, uh, it's something completely foreign to our Republican form of government, which is why James Gallagher and I took Gavin Newsom to court. We argued for the separation of powers, that, you know, the governor is allowed to exercise the powers of the executive branch and nothing more. And, uh, you know, we uh, prevailed, actually, uh, in our trial. And uh, we're quite uh, hopeful that the California Supreme Court will affirm that ruling. So in terms of the emergency powers, there is the emergency powers that says, one, the governor should end it at the earliest possible date, which, in my opinion, should have been a while ago. It doesn't need to keep going as it is. The other is that the state legislature can jump in with a concurrent resolution. Um, I'd like you to talk a bit about, as a state assemblyman, how important the power is of the state legislature. And I think a lot of people are starting to realize now uh, with COVID, with election issues, with CRT, how much uh, state legislatures can push back on that. Um, if you can just touch upon how important it is for us to also focus on getting rid of the Democratic supermajority. Well, it's very important that the legislature changes as well. And you've seen the, the importance of that uh, during the COVID era is that, you know, Gavin Newsom has run roughshod uh, over our Constitution, but the California legislature has been his willing accomplice. Uh, they let it happen. And a lot of the things that, you know, uh, have been ruining our state for a long time emanate from the legislature. It's the same cause. We have a legislature that's owned by special interest groups, just like Gavin Newsom is owned by special interest groups. So the way I see the recall, I don't see it as a one-off event. This is a movement that was started by the people of California, by individual citizens, folks, a lot of folks who had never been involved in politics before, but who said enough is enough, who put their lives on hold in a lot of cases, who went out every weekend gathering signatures, and who built the greatest citizens movement in our history. And I think that the job of the new governor is to immediately act to translate that into meaningful change to our political culture and to uh, the trajectory of our state. And so what I do is I say, first of all, the era of corruption in California is over. The people of California have sent a loud and clear message. And then I'd summon a special session of the legislature. And you might be thinking, gosh, do we really want them around any more than they're supposed to be? By the time the new governor takes office, the legislature will have adjourned for the year. The legislature takes the last three and a half to four months of the year off and then kind of just dilly-dallies for the first few months of the next year. But I'd call a special session, which is something the governor does have the power to do under the California Constitution, and I'd throw down the gauntlet. I'd say that you need to act, the legislature needs to act on the change, the call for fundamental change that has just come from the people of California. Let's, let's get real school choice, education reform to turn around our failing public schools. Let's get rid of all the special interest giveaways 
things that raise the cost of living to incredible levels here. Let's take on homelessness. Let's take on crime. And if the legislature refused to act, if the legislature remained mired in the era of corruption, then there'd be an election right around the corner in 2022 where the people of California could bring accountability to them as well. Great. Um, in terms of when you become or if you become governor, how much focus would you put on helping to flip seats in the legislature so there isn't such an impasse for you as a governor uh, or any other governor uh, in the legislature to help focus on that? Well, it'd be a big focus, especially depending on how things go in the, in, you know, in the, in the first part of the term. If the legislature says, no, we're going to dig in our heels, we're going to continue to serve lobbyists and special interests rather than the people of California, then I would bring the matter to voters in the subsequent election and make it a wave election where we can build on the recall, where the recall is not just a one-off event, but becomes the foundation for lasting political change that reshuffles the whole stack deck of our political system. And I think that, you know, that is important. And it doesn't matter the, either party, by the way. I think that having legislators who serve the people of California and not special interests is what is the most important thing that we need to change in our capital. So if elected, you have a limited amount of time as governor and you'll basically be facing a 2022 election. What is one policy accomplishment you would like to get going into the 2022 election to help persuade voters going into a general election to say, this is the change or the recorrection that you could see if you stick with me going into 2022? Well, there's a lot that I could say to answer that question. I think that school choice is going to be at the very forefront of the agenda because we've seen over the last year and a half why exactly it is that our public schools have been failing for a long time. It's the ironclad grip that teachers unions have over Gavin Newsom uh, in our state capital. So I would uh, present a school choice measure agenda for the legislature to act on. And if they don't, by the way, there is a school choice initiative uh, that I'm endorsing that is going to be going to the ballot that's gathering signatures right now for 2022. But there's a whole host of other issues. There's, you know, the ones I just mentioned, the cost of living, crime, homelessness that are really on people's minds right now. But I think that maybe to give you uh, even a more direct answer to your question, uh, I think I want to see people, uh, you know, realize that they have now a greater say in the life of their communities, that they're not simply having, you know, edicts handed down from Mount Olympus and, uh, you know, told to uh, adjust their lives accordingly, but they're actually uh, given back the power that is rightfully the power of citizens in a functioning Republican form of government. And so that, you know, folks can see that now they can actually go to their school board member and their school about CRT or about uh, some of these other curriculums that you have coming in or about mask issues. And their school board member won't have to say, oh, gosh, this is something that's coming from Gavin Newsom or a state bureaucracy. No, this is something that we as a community can have a conversation about and change. So final question, I know you're very busy, and you have a lot of things to get to. It's no secret that Republicans are vastly outnumbered in California. Moving forward, if elected governor, how would you use your platform and the pulpit to help change the view of Republicans in California to maybe win over no party preference voters to increase the voter rolls of Republicans in California? Because right now we're facing about a two to one voter disadvantage, how would you see yourself as being the leader of the party and what what strategies would you implement to do so? Well, the extraordinary thing about the recall is that it has been overwhelmingly nonpartisan. You have hundreds of thousands of Democrats, independents, Berniecrats who signed the recall petition. You have a lot of folks who say, I voted for Gavin Newsom. I supported him. And they're on the forefront, uh, you know, leading the call, the charge and the recall, gathering signatures every weekend. And the reason for that 
is that the issues that are motivating uh, the recall, what it's really all about, are, are not at all partisan in any way, shape, or form. It's people have seen now, more than ever before, the link between the corruption at our state capital and the deteriorating quality of life across our state. That affects everyone regardless of party. You know, when your kid can't go to school or when you have to walk by uh, tent encampments on your way to work or, you know, the whole host of other problems, our roads falling apart even as you pay the highest taxes in the country. These don't have a partisan valence to them. And so I think that having an agenda that is uh, squarely focused on restoring good government, restoring integrity to government, actually, you know, giving power back to the people of this state, uh, that's an agenda that everyone in California, I think, can get behind. Great. Thank you, Assemblyman Kiley. Thank you for coming on and speaking with us for a little bit. I will let you get back to your campaign and best of luck. You bet. My pleasure.